Welcome to the Behind the Bliss podcast, where Mary Scott Mercer and Rachel Autry bring weekly conversations to encourage, inspire, storytell, and share. Each episode is designed for you to feel met in your mess and balanced in your bliss. Here's today's conversation. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Behind the Bliss. I am so excited because I get to interview one of my dearest friends of all time today, Paige Starup. Paige is actually technically my boss, we can say that, Um, but more than anything, she's just one of my dearest friends and um, I'm just really encouraged by her and her story. And I think you're going to be amazed at the ways that God is working through her life right now and her husband's life. So without further ado, Paige. Hello. Are you there? (laughs) Soaking all the nice things you were saying about me. You're too sweet. And I don't even think of myself as your boss. We're totally just real life friends that get to work together, which is amazing. I like calling you my boss. It just makes it fun. It does make me feel like much more important than I am. I I will say that. (laughs) You are very important. Um, I need you to tell all the listeners where you are right now, what time it is, what country you're in, (laughs) and all the things. Well, I think for you right now, I think we're recording this. You're time 10 a.m. and it's 4 p.m. for me because I'm in South Africa of all places. <laughs> so, so fun. I can't wait to allow the listeners to hear a little bit more about why South Africa and all the other crazy things that yes. are happening um, in y'all's life. But just for the listener's perspective, I just want to share how you and I are connected and just some of our stories. I feel like you're my friend that God has allowed me to sort of mirror life seasons with. Um, yes. From ways. <laughs> 16 years old, probably till now, 24 years old. I mean, at in high school, we both lost our moms within a, probably a year of each other, yeah. which is sort of how we became friends, so mutual friends. And then we got married about the same time. And then we've also just walked through some pretty interesting first few years of marriage. And so I'm grateful that we have had each other to just sort of say you know, this is not what we always thought it was going to be. I think you and I had a conversation a few months ago or weeks ago. And I said, Hey, didn't you think that maybe losing your mom would be like the one hard thing you'd have to go through? Yes. And, um, I think we're both realizing that it's just one more thing that we are learning to grow from. And maybe our past pain is now helping us get through current struggles. And so, yeah. And if anything, I feel like that, like totally prepared. I remember you saying that in one of the first episodes, because I totally love, I love listening to you and Rachel and I listen to every episode. (laughs) I'm like a fan of the podcast. So being on it is so crazy. Can't believe you were crazy enough to invite me on it. But I totally feel like we, I remember you said that in one of the first episodes and I totally resonated with that. The just, you feel like something like that kind of like that's the worst thing that's going to ever happen to me and everything from here will be up but I think if anything it's I'm seeing now that it was God's strengthening of me in a season that now I'm carrying a lot of those lessons I learned and even learning how to grieve and understanding loss and understanding what how to how to cope with life when it doesn't go my way so totally resonated with me when you said that in one of the earlier episodes Well, I want to get to all of the things, but I think it would be most important for us to just kind of set the stage of who are you, Paige, and what do you do on a day-to-day basis, you know, for work, not for work, who you're married to, all of that. (laughs) So just go from there and we'll go on. 
All the fun things. Well, um, obviously we work together, like you mentioned. So Mary Scott and I both work with Proverbs 31 Ministries and I'm the social media strategist there. I've been with Proverbs for, I think, four and a half years now. And that's a crazy story in and of itself. How I ended up there um, and never would have guessed that I would be doing what I get to do. But I love working in social media. I also take on some other clients as well and work with um, other companies and businesses, small businesses, large businesses, nonprofit organizations you name it. So I love helping people figure out who they are on social media and and helping people learn how to be a helpful and vulnerable and authentic voice on social media. So I have a huge passion for that. Um, And I love even doubling it myself and just getting to share um, my journey just because God's had us on a crazy ride this year. Me and my husband, Brad, got married um, just over a year ago. We just celebrated our one year anniversary and we've actually spent the entire first year of our marriage in South Africa because he is South African. And um, we have just a crazy story of landing in South Africa. None of this was planned. And um, our hope is obviously to go back to the United States where I'm from. So definitely none of this was expected. I never, never planned to be in South Africa um, for any part of our marriage, really. But God had a different journey for us, for sure. Well, speaking of God having you on a different journey, can you take us back to coming home from Jamaica, walking through customs and what happened after that? Yes. So um, we went to, like I said, we got married on May 26, 2017. And um, we went to Jamaica for a five day honeymoon, which now I realize was way too short. (laughs) If I had only known, Um, we got back from our honeymoon in Jamaica, and we landed actually in Texas at the airport. And we were still had one more small connecting flight till we got home to Charlotte, North Carolina. And we just were going through customs through border control, um, like normal when whenever you're coming in from outside the country. And like I mentioned, my husband's originally from South Africa and, um, and we had just gotten married and just applied for his um, his green card so that he could be a resident in America. And so we thought everything should be fine. And we found out going through border control that um, something had some something had gone wrong with the paperwork, basically. And um, he was deported right then and there. Um, I use the word deported. He wasn't um, like barred or or. Um, I, I don't know what the word for it is. Like he wasn't banned from the country or anything like how it happens in a normal deportation. So we'll call it a friendly deportation, but it still sounds terrible. Um, but he was sent straight back to South Africa. He actually got pulled into a room and I didn't know what was going on. And I didn't get to see him again before they stuck him on a plane and sent him back to South Africa. So Okay, Paige, I have to interrupt you right here because I need the listener to really imagine this. You just got married after I think you planned your wedding in eight weeks. Am I right? Yes, that's. Uh, I didn't even mention that, but yeah, I did get engaged and married in two months, like to the day. Yeah. So that was. I remember <laughs> because we would be sitting at work and talking about all the wedding things. But so let's just picture this: you got engaged and married within two months, went on a five-day honeymoon, and you're blissfully entering back into your new life. You and Brad are about to move to Birmingham, and all of a sudden, your new handsome, amazing husband is taken away from oh. you. And you're not told where he is going. And then they come back and say, oh, sorry, wifey. We just put him on a plane back to South Africa. Yes. I mean, literally, yes. That's what happened, right? (laughs) That is actually exactly what happened. And it sounds like straight out of a movie. Like it sounds like people think I'm exaggerating when I tell a story. And I think even as I tell a story now, I try to soften it because at first it was just so horrific to me that I was probably telling every detail and people were like, oh gosh, don't bring me into your sob story. It really did happen like that. Like everyone's like, oh, that's like the proposal movie. You know, he's like trying not to get deported. And I'm like, oh my gosh, no, that's my real life. My husband got put on a plane. I did not see him. And 
And I had no, I also had no idea when he was going to be able to come back. So obviously, we're still living in that reality is the thing of we're right now in the process of um, reapplying for the second time for his immigration it just because of the circumstances before. Um, so, so we're just, we're still waiting. And that's just kind of the crazy journey that God's had us on. And we did not think it would take a year. We were told it would take a few months and just, just, there's a lot of people trying to immigrate to the States right now. So we still really live kind of day by day and are really hoping we can be back soon. But I live, I straddle between two countries across the world from each other. So I, I do still technically live in America. And right now I'm visiting my husband in in South Africa, which is amazing. And I feel so blessed that we get to do that because there may even be people listening. I've I've connected with so many people who who face this immigration issue when when they get married. If you're from two different countries, it's it's actually a very common thing that you may have to live apart for a little while. And it breaks my heart for the people who who I know. I know how fortunate I am that I get to come back and forth and visit him. And a lot of people can't do that. And it's it's expensive and um, it takes so much time time. And so, so we just ultimately still feel so lucky and blessed that we get to be together. Okay. So take us back. So Brad, they come out and say, Hey, we put him back on a plane. What happened after that? And yeah, just sort of where you are. And then I can't wait to allow you to tell the listener of what life is like in South Africa, because I know it has been all of the things, including lots of spiders and ceilings and all of the things. So <laughs> go back, go back and tell us what happened next. So after Brad got quote deported, um, I actually ended up flying back to I still had one more flight to Charlotte, I ended up missing my flight that evening. And um, my friends of mine, graciously called and booked me in a hotel. And actually, I got kicked out of the airport by the police officers because I was determined to wait and refused to leave until they showed me my husband. But they never did. And I got kicked out of the airport, um, ended up staying in a hotel that some friends had graciously booked me in and forced me to go to and um, and got a couple hours of sleep, but flew back to Charlotte the next day. And like you mentioned, we were actually planning on moving to a new city the day after our honeymoon, which was already crazy of us to think. But then obviously not knowing what would happen. My husband's um, on a plane back to South Africa. So I think I don't really know because I can't talk to him. But um, that's what I'm being told. And um, I'm thinking, well, flip, am I supposed to just move? Like he's supposed to help me move like he's the muscles behind this whole ordeal. Like what am I going to do moving from Charlotte, North Carolina to Birmingham, Alabama, all by myself. And um, his parents are actually so amazing. And um, they were actually they live in South Africa permanently, but they were still in America for our wedding. From our wedding, actually, so I I met up with them. It was it is crazy because meanwhile, Brad's on a plane home to South Africa to 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 nobody his parents aren't even there and his parents are with me and they ended up helping me move so we pulled an all-nighter the next night had packed up the house they helped me drive a u-haul and we moved all my stuff into a, an apartment. And um, so we, we have, still have an apartment now in Birmingham that Brad's never seen. We've had it for a year and Brad's never set foot in it. <laughs> um, he has, so I basically live alone there. No, but I, I've hardly been there myself, to be honest. But 
But yeah, so so just this entire year has been um, working with an immigration lawyer and trying to figure out our options of getting Brad home as soon as possible. Lots of missed opportunities. We missed friends' weddings and birthdays, and and my my sister in law just had a baby, and we we haven't met our nephew yet. And so it's just we've missed out on a lot of life um, since then. But we've also been learning a lot, and God's been teaching us a lot, and really given us this year where we've had to cling to each other in our first year of marriage. So that's been really, truly a beautiful thing. I can relate on a small level, just with Daniel and I moving to Oklahoma so quickly after we got married. And as much as it was like, ugh, yuck on so many levels, I I genuinely miss that time because then we moved closer back home and we were pulled in so many directions and we were living in community But then that came with pressure and expectations and we couldn't just choose each other like we could when it was just us. Um, And I'm always just kind of grateful in the long run that God like drew us away just for a little season. And obviously it's not near as dramatic as another continent, but I think it's it's a special time for you guys to learn what it means to just be a team. And speaking of being a team, you and Brad, gosh, I can't wait to just like link you and Brad both in our show notes. Um, Paige's husband is quite a, um, I don't want to call him a motivational speaker. That's not the right term. <laughs> no, but I mean, I would call him that. We could do a whole show just talking about how amazing he is. And so I just, I just love him. He's, he's seriously the smartest person I know. And and he he does, he's, um, I would just say he's an aspiring leader and he, yes. and communicator. He's been a he was a former youth pastor at the church we were part of in Charlotte and um and we really we both have dreams of planning a church one day and and it terrifies me but it's so exciting to think because I know if I'm standing behind him we will be just fine but um, the guy he is amazing so I'm sure I'm sure we'll link him in the show notes as well yes he's he's definitely the star of the show <laughs> speaking of Brad and his communication and your communication page but one of the mantras that you guys have clung to in this season is. Um, um, work your weight. And it's something that it's been really challenging for me as your friend and just as an individual about what it means to continue pushing forward and um, seeking the Lord and going after your dreams in the middle yeah. of um, in the middle of a waiting season. And can you just kind of share with the listener what work your weight has meant, what it is, um, yeah. where they can find great resources to help them work their way, just all of that. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think working the weight and we, we've kind of just made it, it sounds silly, but it's just kind of like, I guess the hashtag for our life. I mean, it literally is a hashtag, but it's kind of just been the theme of this past year for us as we've been walking through a waiting season that, that doesn't have a definite ending. And um, I think we realized just from from these circumstances that that it's not it's a common theme of life and it, I don't think this is the only season of our life where we'll ever be waiting on something I mean even just as we've shared our story um, through social media and just with friends so many people have been able to relate in completely different circumstances but there's things that are still causing them to wait and it's like even you Mary Scott it's like waiting for Daniel to come home it's, there's so many different it's so applicable to so many people of we've been learning so much we could have spent this past year thinking no it'll be any day now like let's just like wait to launch that the youtube channel or which 
just something we did. And like, let's just wait to really share anything with people until it's over. Like thinking, I mean, this entire year, we've literally thought, oh, just a few, we're just a few weeks away. I mean, we've been literally living day by day thinking that this journey is almost over. And yet we're a year into it now, still not knowing when it will end. So I can't imagine. I'm so thankful that we haven't waited to act on so many things and so many dreams that we've had. And we've really made this year a productive one when we could have been saying, well, we're almost through this. It's almost over and surely it'll be done soon. So so we've really just kind of clung to the anthem of let's work our weight and let's make the most of what the enemy meant for evil and let's turn it into God's good because we know that God had goodness intended in this waiting season. So we've really, it's just really been a special um, message for us to share. And actually more than anything, it's not really been something like, let me proclaim this and help you. It's I've needed other people to come alongside me and say like, me too, Paige. I'm in that too, because I've gone through so many hard days of just feeling isolated and alone. I mean, we live here in South Africa with um, with my husband's parents. We use their car. We're in a small town. Um, we're not in Cape Town or Johannesburg, which many people might be familiar with in South Africa. Like we're in a really small town. Um, we, there's not many people our age. We don't really have many friends here. So it's just, it can feel really um, isolating and alone. But this whole theme of just like working our weight and the more we've shared it with people, we've heard from people like waiting on a, waiting on a job, waiting on recognition, waiting on... A child, people sharing their their fertility journeys with us. And I know I can only imagine how painful that kind of waiting is. And and even like you, Mary Scott, I mentioned like waiting for for a husband who's deployed, uh, people wanting a waiting for a fresh start or like a promise that God gave gave them. There's Mm -hmm. just so many, so many ways that people um, are waiting. And I think similar to like when I lost my mom, like we talked about Mary Scott, and I thought that that would be the worst thing ever. I think, um, I would be tempted to think of this season of waiting the same way, but it's like, I also know that waiting is um, something that God uses to teach us patience. And I, it has been one of the most stretching things I've ever experienced. Um, even I would say even some days more so than losing a parent and just, I, yes. I am such a natural planner and I'm so type A and I would even be tempted to say I was because I've had to let go of so much of that, that I defined and like I wore as a badge of honor of I'm such a planner. I have my life together. I have a life plan and all these goals and a timeline to achieve them. And it's like, I've literally had to lay them down before God and say, God, this is in your hands now because I... I can't bear to hold on to it anymore. Well, and we can't do anything. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think God, like God's response to that is, of course, thank you. Like that's the posture you're supposed to live your life with. That's that's how he intended us to live. Um, and the seasons forced me to take day, take life one day at a time. And, and I think that's exactly what God intends for all of us always. Totally. Well, I just have to say that I believe there's just such an anointing on you and Brad's life and in your marriage. And so I knew that the, the moment I learned, like you sent us um, a text about what was going on at the airport. And I actually said this in another episode with Shay, actually, that I kind of, I love the fact that um, our group of friends and our coworkers are sort of each other's fight team. Um, yeah, we just sort of have a lifeline to each other when we need each other. And I remember when you texted us about what was going on um, and airport, I was like, of course, because there is something amazing that's going to come out of their life and in their marriage that they couldn't even come home for their honeymoon from, you know, like protected from the enemy. Like seriously, of course he's after them because they're going to be so impactful. And I'm just, I want to honor you by the, by the reality that 
what could have been, you know, exactly what the enemy would want for this season for you and Brad, you have literally taken it by the horns and said, not today and redirected it. And, and your, your decision to work your way and to do things like start a YouTube channel or to just continue to work every day, encourage me to even like feel encouraged for Rachel and I to start this podcast. Like, you know that. Um, And so I just want to thank you for that because I know so many people are bearing the fruit of your, um, you know, your decision to still walk faithfully with God and what was a super hard season. And so I just am so grateful and I'll work to you and Brad's YouTube channel and just a lot of the content and encouragement that you guys have produced in this season, because I know it'll be super beneficial to other people. Thank you, You're so sweet. And it's been so fun. And even like, even thinking of our YouTube channel in this past year, Brad and I are both kind of the achiever type. And this season, we can often think like, gosh, have we wasted this whole year and da, 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 da. But, and even it can feel like in ways we've really, we really have made the most of this year in the fun ways, like we've taken you a really lot of have. time to adventure. And he's shown, been able to show me his country. And I've because I've spent so much time in South Africa. And so life can, I think, even in the theme of behind the bliss, I think it's some people can see this as like, oh, but like, look, how lucky are you? You get to spend a year in South Africa and you guys are going on all these crazy adventures. And we share on our vlogs some fun things that we that we do on YouTube. And it's just, it actually breaks my heart when I hear people say that, because I'm like, I'm doing such a poor job if you think that this is all bliss. Because yes, of course, I want people to see that we're making the best of it. I always want to live my life that way. But um, but if people can never see the hard thing, and that's why I want to be able to share, like even here, I love, I get to share the reality and and the hard truth of the situation because um and because of course we're going to try to make the best out of it and try to take vacations and and get away and have fun but but it's still the waiting part is still really hard so just it's such it's so my heart that people um that people can see that part too and never be distracted i guess by the bliss of um how cool or exciting it may seem well, let's tell them what really is behind the bliss. Tell, tell some of the people <laughs> what has happened <laughs> since, oh, since you've gosh. been there. Like, what is just a normal, random, countrywide Wi-Fi outage like? What is it oh, like to see giant spiders everywhere? All the things. I like all the things. And it's like you even mentioned the house crashing down earlier. And it's like, that literally <laughs> did happen. We are staying, we stay with Brad's parents, but not to think like Brad's parents don't stay in some janky house, but, uh, or don't own some janky house, but they we do rent a house here because they're in the process of moving to a different house. So we're all staying in like a little rental house together. And, you know, we're just like all minding our own business one night. And literally the ceiling in the entire living room came crashing down. And we were just like, oh, okay, yeah, casual. And it's like two weeks. <laughs> before that there was the ceiling was leaking water like the whole house was flooded and a few weeks before and then like the spiders and the animals I don't blame the house for that obviously but (laughs) there are definitely a lot of creepy crawlies and I do not I am definitely a typical girl and I scream my head off when I see what Brad calls a quote house spider he will say that's just a small house spider yes you've seen they like, are huge I, I wish i could share a photo with everyone listening right now they are like tr- think tarant picture a tarantula and like that is oh no that's just a little spider spider you should see the big <laughs> ones i'm thinking 
I think I would die. I think I would die. So thank God I've never seen a quote big spider, but to me they have been large and they actually hatched babies in the house the other day. Oh, so no, no, I did no, share no. about that on Instagram. And so yeah, definitely all the adventures and um they speak they speak Afrikaans here in South Africa. It's one of the eleven official languages, but um including lots of African languages that I obviously don't understand either. But um <laughs> Afrikaans and Brad's family, um, extended family will speak Afrikaans. So even just going to like family events and stuff here with this extended family here, half the time I don't understand what anyone's saying. And so life is just... I don't think I realized that Brad's family talked in like a different language. Well, luckily his parents and him all speak English around, especially around me, but the, they are bilingual and can speak Afrikaans. And so this, this, this city we're in here is called an off, it's kind of like an Afrikaans town. So that's the primary language of, um, of people here. So unless you're speaking an African language as a white person, it would be the assumed language that I would speak, if that makes sense, okay. because obviously I don't look like African. <laughs> so, um, right. so someone would approach me like in the grocery store like a stranger like needing help with something and they would start talking to me and offer cons and this happens actually often and I'm just like I'm sorry I don't know what you're saying to me what <laughs> so does, it, does it sound like a tribal language or does it sort of sound like English just jumbled up with other things no, so it's actually, this is actually so fascinating to me. I've been learning so much about just even South Africans culture and history. And there's a lot of, um, a lot of, a lot of people will be familiar with apartheid and just the, there's a lot of racial tension still going on in this country, but um, basically Afrikaans is the language of like the white people in South Africa, because when the Dutch came over hundreds of years ago into South Africa, there was already obviously the native Africans here. So white people are not native to Africa, right. if anyone was wondering. And that's why often people even say when they see my husband, they're like, you're from South Africa, but you're white. I think I thought Brad was Australian at first. <laughs> Yes, because a lot of people don't understand, like they think Africa and it's like we all think Africa, like it's Africa. Why would there be white people there? So Afrikaans is the is the language that the white people, some white people would speak here and not everyone does. So it's like I said, there's 11 official languages here. So you can imagine my confusion when English is only one of them. And um, so so I so I even the language barrier sometimes, but for the most part, um, I really don't struggle to understand it. But it's been a really a crazy learning experience. And I just even have learned so much about just just the different racial racial aspects here in this country and just this country is really still in recovery from from apartheid like I mentioned so it's been God's really even softening my heart um even as my family my dad and um my new stepmom I call yes, my tell people this so my dad um just married a beautiful african-american woman named grace and um and so that was a beautiful just a beautiful picture even of just um after losing my mom um, just my dad finding finding a companion and finding love again and us being able to welcome her me and my sister being able to welcome her into our family and so she we, they just got married a couple months ago and um so even having a new blended family but even like a technically a biracial family now and God's just even softened my heart so much to understanding um, the need for for racial reconciliation in not only in America but in South Africa and so even being here in South Africa where um, a lot of that reconciliation is still very fresh and um, and necessary where in the states I would say we're a bit further along if that makes sense mm-hmm. um, I think God's even just used used my time here and even just my new 
new family to help help me understand a lot of the even political and racial issues that that we're experiencing in America. So so it's just been a really crazy thing that I I would have just never a crazy ride I would have never expected to be on. Um, so it's been really cool. We could do a whole nother episode on what it's like to lose parents and then turn to blended families. But um, yes, I yes. appreciate the way that you talk about Grace and I talk about Shelly. It's really, it's sweet for me to see. And I think you could say this for your dad after losing, you know, a love of his life previously to, to for them not to be alone anymore and for them to find yes. love and companionship and friendship again is special. Obviously, it comes with its own sort of you know, crazy. I don't even know what the word would be. Just change, but it is really special. And I'm glad that you talked about that. I think it's super cool the way that God is using that to shape your thoughts on racial reconciliation and cool that, you know, Brad is from Africa and Grace is African-American. Like, it's just very cool to see the way that God is knitting all of this together. Yeah. More to come on that, I'm sure. <laughs> on a topic that's a little bit different. I mean, would you say that you see wild animals every day, Paige, or <laughs> tell people what it's like? <laughs> Light side note, are there wild animals? And um, well, contrary to what many Americans have asked me, um, no, there are not lions running around in my backyard. <laughs> like, definitely not. But that would be terrifying. It would but, be terrifying. Um, I do make frequent visits to the animal parks here and the nature reserves, which is where you would see like a typical safari. So when you turn on the TV and see Animal Planet or Discovery Channel or whatever, and you see, oh, they're showing the plains of Africa. There are definitely places in Northern Africa where um, I'm sure they run wild. Um, but as far as South Africa, any wildlife that is dangerous to your life is contained in massive game parks. Thank you, Jesus. So that's where you get to go visit the animals. And I'm serious. I frequent those places. Like I've held several baby, baby lions and um, baby, I even got to hold a baby tiger. Um, which isn't native to South Africa, but it was at a um, at a rescue park, and um, I've played with cheetahs. I am such an animal lover that that has like been a dream come true. Although my dad sits at home in America and sends me texts like, "Are you have you been eaten by a wild cheetah? Like, are you okay?" <laughs> like he is terrified by my obsession with the animals, and he thinks that it's probably going to be the cause of my death one day. But I'm just so obsessed with all the wildlife here, and I can't get enough. I'll share the picture. So, and the baby cheetahs because they're so cute. Well, what has been one of your favorite things of South Africa from food to trips you guys have taken to just, I mean, anything? What has been like, oh, I'm going to really miss this when I move back to America? Oh, gosh. Um, I think life here is people live at a slower pace and there's so much less... Um, social media saturation here, if I could say that, mm -hmm. like, even just with dynamics of data is really expensive here. Like we're in America, we're just so used to our unlimited data plans and use all the Wi Fi you want. Yeah, yeah, you can join my Wi Fi board. He's like here, if you're gonna invite a guest over, like you probably won't share your Wi Fi password That's with them hilarious. because you pay a pretty penny for your internet data and and you don't have a lot of it. So people have two gigabytes of data a month on their Wi Fi, like, and that's got to get them through. Whereas like me and my husband for perspective use 300 gigabytes of data a month. Wow. So it's just very different. So as much as I miss, one thing I will, I miss about America is my unlimited Wi-Fi. <laughs> but, um, but one thing I will really miss about South Africa is just people are, um, 
are just living a, a slower pace and it's less there's less comparison because people aren't living eating sleeping breathing by what they see on social media and that's something I just see in America that's been such a toxic um, a toxic thing so when I'm here I'm less when I'm out and about I'm less aware of what she's wearing what she looks mm-hmm. like how awesome her life is and and I can really just be fully present in a way that that it's more difficult to be I think when I'm in the states so I definitely will miss that well with your um I would say expertise in social media and you might disagree but I think you're an expert in social media um with knowing <laughs> what you know as an expert as someone who loves social and all that comes with it while knowing there's also hard parts like what would you say the benefit fit and blessing of social media is for our generation, despite what people might say they hate about it? So I would say that's such a good question. Gosh, and I definitely am going to say I do not feel like an expert. So you're right. I don't feel like an expert. Um, but but I, I would just say... I even know, I'll say from my personal experience on social, unless from like my quote expertise, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) I would say, I think social media is so needed and helpful in the way that like people need to know that they're not alone and whatever they're struggling with. So when, when I see like real authenticity and vulnerability on social media, that's when I like have hope for it. Um, But I say I emphasize real because I think we're also living in a time where it's cool to be vulnerable on social media. And it's like, it's cool to be like, let me be authentic and like share my sob story with you. And so it's like, there's such a fine line between like forced authenticity and like really opening yourself up and sharing like almost as if it's your journal. And that's, that's where it's like, those are the types of people that I enjoy following. And that's when, when I have days of just like, oh, this is all like horrible. This is making me feel awful because I, most days it's social media is that to me, even, uh, even me as a user where it's like, I'm just like, I'm so sick of looking at her cute outfits and her perfect marriage and her perfect life from all these people and influencers and bloggers and everyone trying to, to create this perfection. But the thing that gives me hope is is when I I have I have certain people that that I can go to to be to kind of have that exhale of like gosh thank goodness thank goodness I'm not the only one that feels well, that who way. Who are some of those people? Who are some of the people you love to follow for that reason? Oh gosh, know, that's a hard one. Um, <laughs> that's so hard. The first person that comes to mind that I think that I think does this fairly well that um that I just saw announced that she was pregnant was um was actually Jenna Kutcher. She does that was the first person came to my mind too. She I think she's really kind of led like spearheaded this whole like vulnerability thing and even just like body positivity. And I think, I mean, even as a podcaster, she's, she's just really like leading the way for, for boss women. And just, um, I love her in a lot of different ways, but, but specifically even um, I've connected with her like heart to heart in the way of her sharing her, her fertility journey and just waiting for a baby. And she just announced she's pregnant, which is amazing. But, but I think that really helped me even open up about like, just the reality of what Brad and I were have been walking right. through. And so she was someone who just like kind of challenged me, but she's obviously a, a big person that's doing that. So I really like looking to friends even. And I've realized I, I'm I've, I've even like un- gone and unfollowed some people just because I'm like not because not because I don't like what they're sharing. They don't share pretty photos, but it's like I want to get on Instagram and hear from my friends, especially in this season where I'm really far away from everyone. I want to get 
I go to Instagram personally, based out of this feeling of like, I want to feel connected with people like I'm missing my people like I want to feel like I'm there. And so I've kind of done a little mini cleanse of just like, I want to make sure who I follow, like give me life, they make me feel connected and in the know of like what what's happening in their life, what they're up to. Um, so, so I think that's healthy for everyone. I've even talked with a friend recently who did a social media fast, which I often say I don't have the luxury of doing just right. because it's what exactly. I do professionally. So I would feel like I was really neglecting my job. But but I would encourage everyone to just make sure you're paying attention to your to your reasons for going online. Like, are you like mindlessly just clicking and opening and scrolling? Or are you like, is it kind of like binge eating where you're like, you're just doing it to feel something or like, because it really can, I think it can become disorderly, even like food, Absolutely. like it can, it can become disorderly the way that we use it, but it doesn't have to be. And it's really up to us. We can blame all these influencers and people like making their life look perfect, which yeah, we can, we can say that that's a problem. I'm sure it is. But I think really we have our own own, no pun intended, like social responsibility to check ourselves as we as we are posting and as we are engaging with social media, because it's our own responsibility, our hearts, our own responsibility, um, and our like emotional health is our own responsibility. I so. And I love that you touched on um, a fast. I've even like tried dabbling in the idea of giving myself allowed windows of time to be on social. And I'm with you. I mean, obviously, social media <laughs> is what you and I do for work. Um, but even if I just allow from like 5am to 9am, to just like not look because as um, our co-friend and I guess boss Lisa Turkers always says we must exchange <laughs> whispers with God before shouts with the world and you know where we direct our thinking at the beginning of the day really can set the tone of how we think for the rest of the day and yeah. I think there's so much power in that I don't always do a great job of that but I do think even just taking 24 hours or you know segments of the day just yes. step away and be present and all of those yeah. things well thanks for sharing all and that. for all the married people yeah. I would say all the married people, I would say taking the phone out of the bedroom. Yes. It is something that I am so convicted of, but like, I think it's just so difficult. And, and even I know I mentioned, mentioned the time change earlier when I'm going to sleep, everyone's even just barely getting off work in the States. So it's so sometimes can even be so hard for me in this season to like put my phone away. Cause I'm like, well, people may still need well, me. I, think it's the like, I can feel so like neat. Oh, yeah. But but that's the same thing of like, it's my responsibility to like, we can all make excuses, but it's like it's with our job or whatever. But it's my responsibility to take charge of my life and my marriage. So I know that's been a huge thing that Brad and I have learned this year is just like having a cutoff time. And even if it's only 9pm, 10 o'clock, and it's only 30 minutes, so we have no phone time, but just to like have that time where there's no phones, no interruptions, no social media. And so that's been really good to Especially learn too. With you guys living with your in-laws just like being really protective of having alone time. Yeah. I mean, that could be so hard as much as you love your in-laws and Daniel's parents. I basically called them my parents. I call Sharon my mom. It There is a point in which like you guys have to protect what is just yours. And so I'm sure that's been a whole nother of thing course. that you've learned. Well, <laughs> switching total gears, I want to talk about some fun things. I want to know what are you loving? What are you reading or listening to or excited about? Just anything that's coming to mind, what you're, what you're copying 
coffee order is anything that sounds fun? Oh gosh. Well, I was gonna say, I, I really, when we were talking about social media earlier, I really wanted to share an app that has yes. really helped me kind of put social media out of mind at certain times of the day. Cause, and maybe this is just me as someone who does it professionally, but I feel like everyone is very, spends a lot of time thinking about social media. Like if you want to do it well, or if it's something you love sharing about. So it's, it's an app called Later. It's specifically for Instagram. That's just kind of like Instagram's my drug of choice. I'm with you. <laughs> but um, I mean, I just love all the pictures. I just can't get enough. But this app is called Later. And and it's just helped me. It's practically really helpful because you can like schedule your posts and stuff. But even as just I've personally made the decision that social media is not going to control my life, my personal life, it control can control my job all at once. But um, but I want to kind of draw the line and stand while, while still sharing, being able to share with people and like, like I said, still be authentic and, and have moments where I'm able to share like r- real life what I'm walking through. So it's just a really cool app. There is a free version where you can share like up to 30 posts a month. And it's just kind of helped organize my life. So when I'm thinking of like a caption or like I have a photo that I want to share, I just put it in the app for later so that because oftentimes I feel like when we when we are taking the photos that we want to share on Instagram, it's when we're actually doing something fun and we should be living in the moment. Mm. Um, so so it's like if you're at dinner with your husband or with your friends, it's like you should probably just like snap the picture and put your phone in your wow. pocket because otherwise you're going to really miss the moment. So it's just a really practical way that I've been able to kind of like store images and even just like thoughts and um, things that I want to share, I mean, even, as, even as a caption and it can store hashtags for you. So it's just like a super helpful way that I've been able to kind of dump my thoughts and photos into. And then I set time aside every week where an hour a day or not a day, an hour for the whole week. And I will, um, I'll kind of plan out anything that I had maybe captured from the week before that I want to share so that I'm not like trapped in this. Oh, I just took this photo. Like here, let me pause. I got to think of something cute right. to say. It's like, I can just really let it be natural and be things that inspire me. And if I'm not feeling inspired, I'm not going to force myself to share something. And so. I think it's pretty noticeable when people are sharing out of a fake place or a real place. Okay. Paige, are you reading anything right now? I am. And this is probably one of those things. And I actually love that you asked that question because I'm hardly ever reading books. Like I'm so serious. Like I'm one of those that like you ask me and I'm going to lie to you, but I'm actually not lying. I just started a book and I'm so excited about it. It's called A Long Walk to Freedom. It's um, by Nelson Mandela. It's an autobiography. Um, and so obviously that's just, just as kind of God's been putting racial reconciliation on my heart. And I've been able to learn more about um, just that climate in South Africa. It's been a really cool thing. I mean, a lot of people know Nelson Mandela is just even like a world leader, like kind of like a Gandhi, but like he has so much significance to even South Africa. And I just, um, I've just been really enjoying his autobiography and learning just kind of about leadership, even through his eyes. So that's been a fun, fun thing for me. So um, I, I, I get into reading the productivity books and all that stuff, but it's just been a fun little, little breath of fresh air. Um, yeah, it's very, it's very long, but it's very good. So definitely well, check I'm it out. Have to put that. I'll link to that in the show notes. Okay. And last question. What is your go-to coffee drink right now? I know you're a coffee drinker. And you have to tell people about the opinion from South Africans on American coffee. (laughs) 
<laughs> so funny. So I do love coffee. Sometimes coffee doesn't love me. Like it really messes with my stomach, but I do love coffee. And I actually just discovered, oh man, I just realized this is actually cheating on my coffee. This is like a tea drink that I just discovered. So it's called a beetroot and cocoa latte. Oh. And it's my favorite thing right now. It's I have it at a cute little local coffee shop here. And I get it with my almond milk because, you know, dairy-free mm-hmm. life. I get you. So, but it's so fun. It's like beetroot and cocoa. So if you have that anywhere at a coffee shop near you, totally try okay, it. Does it taste like beets? Um, no, it tastes almost like fruity fruity and chocolatey okay. like the beetroot is actually more of like I don't know it's more like a fruity taste than anything but it could just be like really unique to the coffee shop near me and it could totally burn you like I had all these people telling me that this these golden milk lattes were so good and I ordered one from the wrong apparently the oh. wrong coffee shop and it was awful and I think I, it was like I took a spoonful of turmeric and oh, swallowed it oh. and it was horrible well I'll have to share my favorite golden milk recipe in the show notes because I love golden milk and when you come back to America we'll try again um <laughs> yes I need to try your golden milk for wow. sure but yeah I'm, I'm really spoiled by coffee in South Africa because Americans I'm realizing my husband always told me like Americans do not know how to do coffee and I was like you're so silly like of course you're gonna say that blah 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 but no I've been here now and it is crazy but South Africans are kind of crazy with their coffee like they drink coffee my mother and father-in-law drink coffee while they're in bed about to oh. go to sleep like they make their final cup of coffee and that's like that helps them go to sleep and I'm like, do you realize there is a lot of caffeine in that? I'm thinking like, <laughs> I don't think that's going to help you go to sleep. Wow. But apparently that's just my husband grew up on coffee when he was even little. That's just it's just culturally a thing here. So every restaurant has to be able to make good coffee or they won't well, survive. I am a little bit jealous because I'm starting to become a little bit agreeable to the idea that Starbucks does have a little bit of a bitter taste. Yeah. Anyways, well, Paige, thank you for sharing all of the things between you and Brad's journey and gosh, what life is like when you live in Africa. And I know that everyone who's listening, A, is really grateful for all the you know vulnerability you shared and B, would probably would love to follow along um, with your journey. So where can people find you and how can they can, how can they stay in touch? Yes, definitely. I would love to get connected with some of the listeners. Um, you can find me on Instagram and I'm also on Facebook as well. I've got a Facebook page and Instagram page. Both are at Paige Starup. I'll definitely have Mary Scott have that in the show notes because no one will be able to spell my last name, which is totally fine. Just owning that. So, um, but yeah, I would love to connect with people. I love hearing people's stories. And if you have a story um, of like how you're waiting and if you were able to relate to us at all, I would love to hear from you because that has just been something that's given me new life in the season for sure. Well, so thank you. that'd be awesome. Well, thank you so much. And we love you. And I'm just so thankful that you came on the show today. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. I have loved it. Wasn't that so incredible? I have been so honored to be able to witness how Brad and Paige have worked their way, and I'm so thankful for the message they are sharing not only with us, but everyone else they encounter. Rachel and I have also been so encouraged by the overwhelming outpour of love that we have received about the podcast. If you have a few minutes to spare, would you head over to iTunes and leave us a review? Leaving a review helps people who may not have ever heard about the show hear about it and hopefully enjoy it as well. You can catch everything else that we talked about in today's episode on our website at BehindTheBlissPodcast.com. If you click on Paige's show notes, you'll be able to see pictures of her and Brad and everything else that we mentioned on the show. We are so thankful that you chose to spend some time with us this week, and we can't wait to see you again next week.